Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Hey, church, good to see you today, and excited. I've got something I really want to share with you, and uh, we're in the middle of, or coming to the end of our series, really, on uh, building altars and redigging wells. And one of the things behind the idea of building altars and redigging wells is that we want to uh, revisit some of the things that, you know, from generation to generation we occasionally lose. And I, I don't know about you, but there's sometimes there's, uh, you know, there's some certain procedures that I have to uh, uh, repeat, and maybe I haven't done them for a long time. And when I go to uh, do them again, I find I have to go to an instruction manual, or I have to ask somebody, I have to ask one of my grandkids how we do this, especially if I haven't done it for a while, you know, like cook or uh, do something like that. But uh, today we want to talk about some of those things that, um, that, that we have to kind of redig. And I, and I want to talk about today, I want to talk about going back to some of the basics. Uh, a couple of basics today that are just uh, so important for us as believers and so important for us as, uh, as followers of Christ that as we continue to pursue and persist and, and follow him, that if we keep a couple of things really clearly in our spirit, in our mind, then we're able to, uh, uh, then we're able to um, uh, really, really just kind of uh, stay the course and, and keep with it. So my message today I've titled, uh, Keeping the Faith or Staying in the Game. Staying in the game, and we're going to go to uh, the book of Hebrews, and I want to talk today about a, a really, a, a really uh, not well-known guy in the Bible. He, he occurs in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, but in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 to 6, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a guy by the name of Enoch. All right, can you say Enoch? Enoch? All right, there you go. Uh, so Enoch, here's what it says in Hebrews Chapter 11, verse 5 and 6, and this is in the New Living Translation, says, It was by faith, everybody say faith, faith, that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him, who sincerely seek him. So we want to talk today about Enoch. You know, I can imagine, I don't know if you can imagine this with me, but I can imagine uh, Enoch's family, uh, one day they go to see Enoch and Enoch is gone. And uh, he's gone, the Bible says he's gone to heaven, he's up with God. And so the family's having a little conversation. They, they want to remember Enoch, and they don't quite know how to do that. So the only way they can uh, come up to, with to uh, remember him is they're going to give him a tombstone. Even though he hasn't died, they, they want a memorial stone for him. And, you know, can you imagine, what would they put on Enoch's memorial stone? What, uh, what kind of phrase... You know, they wouldn't have, maybe they didn't want to put down he's, uh, you know, a, a great father, great husband. I, I think that probably what they would have put on Enoch's memorial stone is they would have put this phrase, a person who pleased God. That Enoch, more than anything else, was a person who pleased God. I might have put down somebody who kept the faith or somebody who stayed in the game, but 
Enoch is known and known to those around him as somebody who pleased God. And I can't think of anything more compelling for my life or for your life than to live a life that pleases God. In fact, if we live a life that pleases God, it it really ticks all the boxes and answers a whole lot of the questions that we might have about life. Uh, we, live in a, we live in a world today, some people call it a post-Christian world, where a lot of people uh, are questioning their faith and kind of figure it out and trying to work it through. And, and that's a good thing to do, to question it. And as you question it, you come down to some basic fundamental uh, beliefs and some basic fundamental things. And that's what happened to Enoch because here's what, what it says in that scripture. Again, it says, before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God, and it's impossible to please God without faith. So the writer saying, writer to Hebrews, which incidentally, the book of whole he, book of Hebrews is written as an encouragement to people who are working through their issues of faith. And uh, so he was, uh, he was uh, taken up. He was known as a person who pleased God. It says, impossible to please God without faith. So really... Uh, Enoch had faith. That's what they're saying. Enoch had faith. And then it goes on to explain a little bit what that faith was, that anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So there's two foundational uh, beliefs or foundational rules that kept Enoch in the game, that kept him, uh, kept his faith, that he hung on to his faith, and he stayed in the game for life. I don't know if there's any, uh, any hockey fans out here. Today, we're not going to pick any particular team or we're not going to kind of go down that route of rivalries. But, you know, we live in Canada, so many of us uh, would be hockey fans. Um, some of my grandkids are way bigger hockey fans than I am. In fact, I, uh, I, I really wasn't, uh, wasn't a big hockey fan, didn't watch a lot of hockey uh, from the time we were married. And uh, my wife didn't want me yelling at the TV. And uh, in fact, for a while, I stopped going to live games because I, I would get so excited and get so into the game that I was afraid that I would say something that a uh, pastor shouldn't say. So uh, I didn't want to go to the games and ruin my reputation. But we live in a country that love, loves our hockey, and so we know a little about, about the game. And, 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 you know, we look at Enoch, and we think about Enoch today maybe like a, a little bit like a hockey player, and uh, he's in the game, and how does he keep uh, from being cut, we uh, uh, a lot of times we uh, billeted or hosted uh, hockey players playing junior B hockey up in Revelstoke, and uh, one of the you know the big fears that so many of them had is in the early on in the season, are they going to make it to the end of the season? Are they going to get cut? Are they going to get taken off the team? Are they going to get demoted? And you know, Enoch, I think, like a lot of us, lives his life. Am I going to? I'm going to get through this. And am I going to stay in the game? I want to be here right to the end because there's some benefits to going through right to the end. And uh, and Enoch, he did, he did, he he succeeded. He he achieved that place. He went to be with God. He achieved. Uh, out of his pleasing God and living in faith, he achieved that, that result, that reward, that eternal reward that we all look forward to. And uh, Enoch did it by living in faith. In Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, it's talking about Abraham, but it, it describes in some ways uh, really key the, the real meaning of what, what faith is. And in Romans chapter 4, 20, 21, it says, Abraham never wavered. Okay, he, didn't, he didn't waver, he didn't shake, he didn't, 
you know, uh, he didn't oscillate, I guess would be a good term. He, he, didn't, he didn't do those things that, that stopped him from believing. He didn't waver in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. And here's the, here's the last line. This is the one that just defines faith really strongly, defines Enoch's faith, defines uh, what we need to believe. It says he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. That This whole idea often occurs in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when it talks about faith, it, it actually there's this underlying thought. It's this idea that, that not only am I fully convinced, I'm absolutely certain. I, just, I don't just think it. I know it. I'm certain. This is foundational. I'm, I am convinced. I am absolutely certain of these things. And so as we look at uh, Enoch's life, as we look at this whole uh, idea of staying in the game, what kind of things, what are the basic things that we have to be convinced of? Because if we're not convinced of those things, we run the risk of being cut. We run the risk of not making it through into the end, losing our faith. We want to be convinced of a couple of really important things. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 says, but we do not, we're not those people, we don't belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those, but we are those, but to those who have faith and are saved. That's who we belong to. That's who we are. We belong in that group. We're going to pursue. We're going to persist. We're going to keep believing. We're going to hang on to the fundamentals. We're going to stay in the game. And when we stay in the game, there's a couple of basics that we need to keep in mind. That's what I want to bring to you today, that we stay in the game, we keep these basics in mind. Now, what the writer of the Hebrews says about Enoch, he says, he pleased God by doing a couple things. Whoever comes to God must, must believe, first of all, that God is, that God is. Now, before we kind of get into this, let me remind you that the Bible uh, later on in, in the New Testament, it says, you know, you believe in God. That's great. Devils believe in God, too. Just believing in generically believing there's God is not the same as a certain faith that Enoch had. Enoch had a certain faith and a certain belief and a, and a certainty, an absolute uh, unwavering belief that God is, but not just God is, but God's a certain kind of God. You know, when we think about the game of life, you, got, you realize that in every game that matters, there's a referee. In every game that matters, there's a referee. If a game doesn't matter, we don't have referees. But you know, in the game of life, in the life that we live, there is a referee, there is a God, and that God is looking out for us, and that God is there. And we need to establish that we believe, first off, we believe in God. Now, now. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, when I go to a hockey game, I see all sorts of guys in, you know, in stripes. There's uh, the linesman, and then there's the referee. And, but I, I've learned something that in most games, normally there's only one ref. There's not usually several people who make those decisions. There's not usually a whole bunch of people trying to figure that out. And, and when, we talk about, when we talk about who do we believe in, we believe in one God. Not two gods, not three gods, not four gods, not more gods. We believe in one God. I am convinced there is one God. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's this little uh, list of things, and we call them the Ten Commandments. Anybody heard of the Ten Commandments? I'm sure you have. 
And uh, the very first, at the very top of this, for the very first commandment, and you know, there's often there's this kind of hierarchy in lists. That you, you, a lot of times we put the most important thing first. And in this case, that's exactly true in, in, in Exodus chapter 20. The very first command is the most important command because none of the others make sense except for that first, if you don't believe the first one, if you don't follow that first one. And so the very first command that God gives us, is says, look it, you must not have, verse three, you must not have any other God but me. One God, only one God, I'm first. And if I'm first, then all the rest of this other stuff, it makes sense. Have you ever heard a parent of a minor hockey player after the game, and maybe the kid got, a, the player got a penalty, or they didn't score a goal, and the parent takes them home and says, well, you know what, I don't care what the ref says. I don't care what your coach says. You did great. There, there's, there's a problem when we get two competing voices. And we need to realize that there is one God that speaks into our life. And that one God, as he speaks into our life, and that we believe there's the one God, then everything else cascades down from that. If we've got all sorts of different opinions that we can follow, then that's going to be chaos. But when we know there's one God, and we believe that one God, and then we know that all this other stuff just kind of cascades from there. You know, I think it's interesting because... Uh, I wrote down my next point here, and it's going to come up. It says, God created me. I can't create him. Uh, in other words, the ref can't be bought. You know, it's, uh, we, live, we live in a world where um, people wrestle with the idea of, of God, and I, and, I don't, and I understand that. And sometimes we hear phrases like a God of my understanding or a higher power or sort of a generic thing, and and I actually have a real problem with that because I don't want to try to serve a God that I could create because a God that I can create cannot create me. A God of my making is no God at all. In fact, the Old Testament kind of speaks into this in Psalm 115. It says in, from verse 2 to 8, it says, Why let the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens, and he does as he wishes. Their, their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear and mouths but cannot breathe. They have hands but cannot feel and feet but cannot walk, and throats, but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. You know, when we begin to trust in something that is not God, when we begin to trust in something else, we put something above God, we put, lift something higher than God, we get a God as I understand him, or a God of my imagination, or a God of my, uh, you know, my circumstances. We don't have something to trust in. We just don't have something to trust in. God, there is a God. There is one God. And that's a fundamental belief that we have as we are followers of Christ. But there's one God. And that, that matters. That matters. You know, another reason you only think about God is, is God is the reason we have morality. 
You know, when you're, you know, again, looking at the hockey game and there's a, a contested decision. Something happens and somebody doesn't agree with the decision, but somebody in that game must have the final word. Somebody must have the final word. And you know, when you think about our human society, when you think about us as humans, and, and we realize that you know, across uh, different cultures, there's certain kind of morality that seems to permeate many different cultures. There's certain kind of general understandings of morality that doesn't come from us, but yet we have it. Where did that come from? God is the source of that. God is the reason for that. God is just, and God is the example. And Because if somebody doesn't have the last word, there is no last word. God is the source of our morality. God is the reason there is right and wrong. It's not just how we make up right and wrong. If we do not believe there is a God, we can do what we want. But when we believe with certainty that there is a God who is the source of good and is just, well, then we bind ourselves to do something to what did we say to begin with, to please him. And if we believe that, see, we're talking about basics here. Talking about basics, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we're going to be followers of Jesus, we've got to basically believe that here, in fact, if God is God, then I need to follow him. I need to do what he says, and that needs to be more important than my opinion. You see, when we put our opinion above God's opinion, haven't we kind of just made another God above him? Somebody else who gets the final say instead of God. So we want to Come back to the basics. And basically, there is a God, and if there is a God, and I believe in that God, then I need to do what that God says, and I need to follow that God. And if God says it's wrong not to do that, if God says it's good, go and do it. There's a God. So we understand in the game of hockey that there's a ref. And if we play the game like there's no ref, well, we're probably going to get kicked out of the game. And if we play any kind of sport where we don't pay attention to the umpire or the ref or whatever official is in charge, probably not going to end up winning the game because we haven't paid attention to a fundamental, basic rule of the game. And in the game of life, in the living as a Christian, there is a God, and I believe God is. God is. And that means a lot. Second part of the thing that, that with, with Enoch that ended up giving him that memorial title. Remember we talked right at the beginning. There's that memorial statement. Here lies a man who pleased God. Here's a, well, not lies here, but there's a man who pleased God because he was gone. A man who pleased God. We want that epitaph. We want that memorial. We want to please God. We need to first of all know that God is. The second thing that the Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says again is it says that not only do we believe that God is, but that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, if we keep in the game metaphor, if we keep in the hockey game metaphor, we need to go into this game knowing that there is, that we can, that, there is a, that we are working towards winning the game. That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There is a prize. You know, I, I think a lot of times I, I notice that um, more and more we seem to, uh, uh, especially raising kids and things, we go, well, it's not about winning or losing. And I, I understand that to a great extent. And yet, 
I have noticed something. If you ever watch Olympic-level sports or you watch uh, World Cup hockey, and you know, when we get to the final match and you, you see the winners, whether that's Canada or U.S. or whoever it ends up being, and, and you watch that final match, and at the end, of there's this incredible excitement for the team that wins, and there's so much excitement. But have you ever taken a moment to watch as the camera slowly pans the team that didn't win? Those players that are sitting on the bench, adults, grown men, grown women, and they're on the bench, they're sitting off the side, they didn't win, they came close, but they didn't win. We say there's no competition, but they came in and usually the camera pans them, their heads are down. Sometimes you can see tears dripping off their faces, running off their faces at the disappointment of not winning, not receiving the reward. Paul talks in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talks about how a runner will discipline himself just for a prize. How an athlete will, will undergo incredible amount of physical discipline and training just to win a prize. And yet here, God says to us through the writer in Hebrews and through the life of Enoch, he says, he says, I just want you to believe that I'm a rewarder of you if you will diligently seek me, if you will pursue me, if you'll come after me, I, you will find me. In the book of Hebrews, this passage in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, where it says God is a rewarder, it's an interesting Word, as most of you know, the Bible wasn't actually written in English. It was written in a, uh, mostly in Greek and Aramaic. And, but in the, in the original language, this particular word that, that comes out as the rewarder, although the English word rewarder and reward shows up many times in the Bible and in the New Testament, in the original language, this word reward, or this, this particular word only occurs this one time. This is the only time it occurs, and I... And, and it says that God is the rewarder. And I can't help but think that because it only happens that one time, that there's some kind of way in which the writer's trying to emphasize to us that it's only God that rewards us. That he ties this God with this rewarder. And it's the only time it happens in the whole Bible that these two words are tied together in that way. And, and I think it's because the writer's trying to let us know that it's only God that rewards us. Every other reward has no eternal value. Enoch says to us that God, through his life and pleasing God, it, he tells us that he believed that God was the only worthwhile reward. God was the rewarder of those who diligently sought him. That if we pursue God, you know, sometimes in life we feel like we're far from God. We feel like we're away from God. But if you will diligently seek him and come to him, the promise is he'll be found by you. But there is a part to play on our part. If this is, you see, we believe that God is and we act like God is. And because we act like God is, we believe that God will reward us. But we act in a way. We begin to live our life out doing our part to seek God and to seek and to find out what he wants for us and to do those things he wants us to do. And when we do that, we're confident of his reward and his blessing. I love how... The Apostle Paul says it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29, as he talks about how he struggles and he works to see people 
uh, experience their best in Christ. And, and, and he says in verse 29, that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty, mighty power that works in me. It's not everything in our own strength. When we say, when we understand that God is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him, it means that there is a partnership taking place. I'm not earning my own reward. I'm working with God. I'm seeking God, and I'm going to get a reward. Maybe not here. Maybe not in this earth. Maybe not in this life. Maybe not in this town. Maybe not in this relationship. Maybe not in this job. Maybe not in this uh, stage of my life. But I'm sure that there's a bigger picture ahead of me. I'm sure that God is going to reward. I am sure. And see, when we get those foundational beliefs, we go like, you know, if I just keep hanging on to the fact that God is, if I just keep hanging on to the fact that God's a rewarder, I'm going to live my life differently. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. You know, sometimes people say that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of bad things that happen in our world, and is that a reward? You know, I just, I just want to say this. We live in a broken world. From the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, sin entered the world and broken. I'm broken. You're broken. The world around us is broken. And lots of things happen when things are broken. <laughs> I uh, just made me think of something that happened when our kids were little. We were, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older generation, couple, and we had something called a VCR. And uh, VCR was a, a way of playing videos, playing movies at home. And uh, one day our video player just wouldn't work. Our v VCR just wouldn't work, and we tried to put the cartridge in and tried everything else. And, and finally, we, we ended up, I ended up opening the thing up and discovering that um, one of my kids had been putting fuzz into the, into, the, into the player itself. And so the inside of the player was all broken and messed up, and it, and it just didn't work right. And the consequences were we couldn't watch the movie. We couldn't, you know, it's pretty simple consequences. But the reality is, is when we live in a world like we live in that is broken, there are all sorts of things that are broken. And things don't work the way that we expect them. But when we still stand firm on the belief that God is a rewarder of those who seek them, we can say and we can declare confidently that even though I may not see God's reward in this life, I will see it. There's more than meets the eye. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Here's what I, let me go back. Just as I get ready to close, let me just go back to this powerful, powerful statement in the book of Hebrews. This powerful declaration on the life of a man who we hardly know. A man by the name of Enoch, and in verse six of Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, and it is impossible, for he was known, uh, sorry, verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Enoch is an example of what it's like to live an overcoming life. To live a life staying in the game, keeping the faith, being there at the end. And he did it through faith and the faith that just did two things. 
you want to redig a well, you want to rebuild an altar in your life today, I want you to rebuild this right now. I want you to think about this right now as we get ready to close. This is, this is so, so important. We believe that God is. There's only one God. It's a God that dictates our morality. There is no other God than him. And that same God, that one God, that only God, wants to reward you with his presence he wants to reward you with fulfillment. He wants to reward you with the meaningfulness that can only come by living the purpose you were created to fulfill, that one God. You might be here today, and I, obviously I can't see you, but you might be here today, and, and you're saying, you know, Pastor Dave, I, I don't know that God. I'm not sure I believe in that God. I'm going to ask you today, would you be willing to take a little step of faith and say, God, I don't maybe completely understand all of this, but I want to be certain, I want to know that there is a God and this God loves me. You might be going through something in your life right now, I don't know what, you might be struggling through some difficulty and you're beginning to question, say, is God really for me? I want you to know today with absolute certainty, God is for you. God is for you. Just hang on to that. Keep believing. Don't let go. Keep believing. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Whatever way you need to respond to this today, as God speaks to your heart, speaks to your spirit right now, God is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I'm going to pray for you before I, uh, before I go off the screen today. But I just want to pray for you and that God would speak to you and minister to you and you'd hear the voice of God in your spirit right now and you'd be reminded that God is and you'd be sure God is and he's going to reward me. He's for me because I'm for him. Father, I pray for every person listening right now. I pray for every person watching right now. I pray for every person trying to sort this out in their spirit right now. And God, I pray that uh, by your Holy Spirit, God, you would speak and you would, you would help us to grab a hold of this one more time. Not let go of this very, very basic, very, very basic rule, very, very basic foundational belief that there is God. God is. You are. Help us, Lord, to be certain to know what God is. God, help us today to, as well, every person watching, listening, hearing, thinking, contemplating, God, that they would know and be sure that God is the rewarder of those who seek him. And God, out of that belief, they would seek to live a life that pleases you. God, that they would find strength, encouragement, hope, because you are, and you are the rewarder of those who seek, him, seek you. God, I pray you'd bless each person, touch your spirits. God, take them farther in their walk with you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.